Amen. Is my microphone working? Can you guys hear me? Well, let me fiddle with it so it'll get messed up. That seems to be what I always do. How's that? Any better? A little bit better? God is so awesome. I, I have to apologize right up front for those of you online that were wondering where in the world we were, because <laughs> uh, normally we would have been on about half an hour ago or 25 minutes ago, but uh, Lord just had some special things for us this morning, and boy, the worship was awesome. I want to I explain something. What he had told me, I, I didn't explain further. About, you know, while we were worshiping, he said, this is why I need to keep this church in this house. Because we're in training. Now, we're, we're almost done with that training. But if we were not in this house this whole time, the distractions would have been there to where we could never have been trained the way we are. Because... See, to him, the numbers don't, don't matter. It's the hearts. And it's us connecting with him. But see, if he wants his whole bride, like what he just said to us, if he wants his whole bride to be connected in that way, then he has to begin by teaching a few. That then go past that barrier of distraction. And can stay in that place of intimacy with him, even with the distraction. Because then they can be in a position as new people come in to teach. So what he has done has been a beautiful thing. It's been an amazing thing. And I have to share one other thing too. The, and th- this, is, this is about Corey. And Max, thank you for your obedience, because I'm sure that was probably a little scary, not knowing what in the world he told you to do that for. But I, I don't know if any of you saw me laughing, but it's, it's because God is so cool in how he puts things together with people that have no clue what's going on. I've been a part of that. I have no clue what's going on. And yet he throws me in the middle of things. You guys, same thing. That's exactly what he did this morning. See, God had showed me yesterday something about Corey, about his life, about his calling. And it was, it was incredible. And, and I'm like, okay, Lord, you, you've, you've really got to confirm this one to me. And so he used the biggest platform we have to confirm it. Right in the middle of everything. See, what you saw, what you witnessed this morning, and I don't know if anybody noticed, I took a couple pictures, because it was for your sake that I took the pictures. See, what began this morning was the beginning of an anointing on him. And really extraordinary. Now, I want you to notice why. Why? It's because his heart has grown hungry for God. See, it's not to please any of us. It's not to even fit in. It's because he caught a glimpse of his Lord. He caught a glimpse of what that relationship can be like. And see, it's that glimpse that Jesus wants each of us to have and to catch because it catches fire. It's a spark. That power that comes from that is the power of Jesus Christ. And see, you can't contain it. He can't contain it if he wanted to. I was telling Alexa, I just, I just got such a kick, such enjoyment out of his posts while I was gone. And even this morning, we have no electricity. What's Corey's response? Well, the fire of God should do the trick, right? That's all the electricity we need. 
See, when God gets a hold of your heart, you can no longer control your heart. That's what was going on. Excuse me. That's what was going on this morning. That's what he wants to do in every heart this morning. Because his love is immeasurable. See, Corey didn't take up all the resources of God. And Corey connecting with him, it didn't mean that God said, okay, well, now I, I can't take this person or I can't take this person. See, the beauty of God is he can have that connection with every one of us. And not only he can, he wants to. He wants that connection with each one in a huge, huge way with no distractions. And just ask Corey after the service how it makes him feel. And not about what's going on with us, but what's going on in his heart with he and his father. It's extraordinary. It really is extraordinary. So, I just got back from Nigeria. Yes, you did. Right? Yeah. Amen. I, I, I want to tell you a little bit about this. I'm going to tell about my trip, but, but honestly, that's not what this trip was about. I'm going to tell you about the battle that ensued even leading up to this trip. Some things I couldn't say to you before I left. And if any of you know me, you can ask my wife. If you don't, I, I have a really hard time keeping secrets. <laughs> right? As a matter of fact, the, the Lord kind of teased me about that one time. He wouldn't tell me something. And I said, why, why won't you tell me? And he said, because you'll tell everybody. <laughs> okay, now I have gotten better since then. Okay, I've gotten better since then. And this was something, see, when the Lord first told me to go to Nigeria... It was about two months ago, about, about a month and a half, seven weeks, whatever it was, before I actually went last week. And what he told me immediately, because it was supposed to be me and a few other people going to look at land and, you know, all that. Okay, but then he said, I need you to go by yourself. And at first, okay, why? You know, I, I didn't understand that and immediately he told me. And this was before I booked the ticket. This was before I, I did any of this. But as I shared with you two weeks ago, he told me that I would be abducted. And that all these scenarios, all these visions started coming into my mind about this. And playing out these roles in my mind. And by the way, this was not a surprise. Because he had showed me this when, when I accepted this calling in my life. He told me this was going to happen, or something like this would happen. I had visions of it. Alexis had visions of it, and she would never share it with me. As much as I tried to get her to, she can hold a secret a lot better than me. <laughs> but this was something that, that was, became very heavy on my heart. And for probably four weeks, he left it there. He left it there because, see, the first test was mine. The first test was mine to still go, knowing that was his will. He told me to go, knowing that what was going to happen to me was completely in his control. And that was a little bit of a battle, but I booked the ticket. And then once I booked the ticket, I wasn't going to waste the money. <laughs> right? So, so, see, the first test was mine. In that four weeks, just trusting him and saying, it doesn't matter, whatever you... Because he, he did tell me, well, not the first night. I think he gave me a few days on this one to kind of mull this one over. But, but a couple days later, after he first told me what was going to happen, he said, then your life will be spared. So, okay. All right, then once I knew that, I was fine. And then those four weeks passed, and he told me that I can go ahead and tell you. See, up to that point, I couldn't tell anybody. He said, go ahead and tell them. And why? Why do you want me to tell them? Because they can fight for you. 
and they can literally change the course of what is set in motion for you. And see, what I couldn't tell you that I could tell you now is even when I got on that plane and I went, the course was set for that to happen to me. And he told me, I need to get their attention, not just about personal relationship with Jesus Christ, but personal relationship together. Unity together. Unity as a group together. And by the way, he wants to take it far beyond what he did this last week. Because it's not just about praying for each other. It's not just about praying together. It's about community together. It's about love. You know, Jesus said, love him with everything that you are. And all the strength that you have. But love each other like you love yourself. See, that's what he needed to get across. And, and, and by the way, we have people in here. I mean, this is a tiny church, guys. We have people in here that do not feel connected. That don't feel that same love that others feel. See, that's a tragedy. Because there is nobody in here that is any less important than anyone else for this ministry. Do you understand that? I am no no more important than anyone else in here in terms of God moving forward this ministry. See, that's why Jesus made it such a big deal at the end when he said, Father, I have lost none except for the one that it was your will. He was a plant, right? He was planted to to bring about God's will. But Jesus said, I have lost none. We need to say the same thing. We need to be able to say the same thing. That there is nobody in this church, in this community, that feels left out of anything. Now I understand there, there are people that can feel that way no matter what. Okay, And it's not about that. It's about sharing life. Because when you share life with each other, you bring relationship and community to a point where people see the hope that you see. Right? And that's what happened. Going off, the Lord promised me one thing. He said, I promise you, whichever way this plays out, I promise you, I will bring this to pass. I will bring them to a place of unity and warring together. Either way. And so I trusted him in that. And so I went on this trip and and again, knowing that I so badly wanted to say, look, this is up to you guys. This is up to you guys. Please, come on, this is up to you guys. Don't forget. Are you awake? It's four o'clock in the morning. Are you awake? Are you praying? Whatever. And I couldn't. <laughs> yeah, I know you were. I know. That was, that was awesome. But see, the Lord had to do it. He had to do it in your hearts. He had already prepared you for this. And so, as we went through the week, the destroyer did go after. You know, he, he did try to to mess things up in so many different ways. And, and I don't want to belabor this too much, but I want you to understand, he hit defeat after defeat after defeat after defeat. Amen. No matter, yeah. no matter how hard he tried, no matter how hard he tried. And, and by the way, the thing I, I also kept saying to the Lord is, Okay, but Lord, if they do pray, which I believe they're going to, and they do go to war for me, which I believe they're going to, and everything's fine, then it's going to seem like I was just full of it. (laughs) You know, how are they going to know that that was even you? And he said, don't worry about that. He said, "I'll, I'll let them know. 
So I, I remember the, the second night, I believe it, was it Sunday night? Yeah. Sunday night. The second night, well, let me, let me back up because I want to tell a little bit about what goes on. And we won't be here more than two, three hours. So, yeah. <laughs> Sorry for you online. But. So, so sat, Saturday night, we finally get to McCurdy and, and, and went through probably the most dangerous part of the trip. And that was riding in a car between Abuja to McCurdy. When, when you have potholes the, the size of my daughter, and, and you, you, are, you are driving 90 miles an hour like this, and you've got cars, I, literally, literally, I, I am not kidding, and I don't want to scare anybody, but trust me, when we start taking groups there, I'll either pick the driver or I will drive myself, because I have a license in Nigeria now. Is that crazy? I do. Is that wild? Yes. Anyways. Yeah, it, that, that's just the craziest thing. So I get there Saturday. Saturday night, I'm praying, and, and I'm in the hotel, and, and they have security for me, um, and, and all of this, and, and I'm, I'm praying, and, and the Lord tells me that it begins tomorrow. Okay, what begins, Lord? And he said, the revival. He said, the revival begins tomorrow. Because he told me two years ago the revival would begin in McCurdy and spread out from there. And, and so, so I was supposed to go to um, a, a particular church, one that was the first church I'd been to there, and I've been there many times, and, and uh, I was supposed to go there in the morning, and then Andrew tells me that night, you know what, he said, I, I think we should go to this other church. And I had been there one time before too, but it was a it was a really small church, a tiny church. And immediately the Lord told me, Yes, that's where you need to go because I start things in small places. Amen. And it was it was I, I went that night, first of all, I went to sleep. I can't remember how much sleep I got. I think I averaged about two hours, two to three hours a night every night that I was there. But but I went the next morning with amazing anticipation. I mean, I was expecting, I, I go in and they're worshiping and there are people laid out. And I'm thinking, oh, you guys have no clue what's about to happen to you. And I have, I'm full of this expectation that, 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 you know, Acts chapter 2 was about to happen. Right? And so, so I get up and I preach and, and it, it was such an amazing time, such a sweet time. I, I preach and it was like, if you've ever preached before, I, I, I wish you could kind of jump into my skin sometimes because there are times that I just know. <laughs> there are times that, oh man, Lord, I just know you're speaking through me. And I'm kind of sitting back and I'm enjoying it with everybody else. It's kind of like this surreal moment where, where uh, almost an out-of-body experience, I suppose, but but then there are other times when I'm speaking and, and it's like, Lord, are you there? <laughs> uh, now, I, I'm not trying to make stuff up. I'm, I'm, I'm speaking, you know, what, whatever comes on my heart, but, but it just doesn't flow. I don't feel it. I don't recognize it as him taking the microphone and doing what he wants. And that's how it was Sunday morning. And so I start you know, I mean, your mind goes everywhere in that. Lord, am I holding this back? And, you know, we, we should be falling out by now. What's going on? And, and he's just, just preach. And, and so I was. And I, and I talked to them about relationship. And I talked to them about focus. And, and, and then at the end, you know, I prayed, brought it to a close, and, and sat down. And Andrew got up, and, and because, see, we both speak English, but it's very different. <laughs> their, diff, their English is different than our English, right? You know what I mean, Juanita, right? It, it's, it's just a little bit, it's English, but, but if they don't talk slow, then I'm getting about half of what they're saying. If I don't talk slow, they're only getting about half of what I'm saying. So when I preach there... I have to preach like this. And we talk like this because I want them to understand what I'm saying. So, I, so I'm just thinking, okay, maybe I talk too fast. 
you know, maybe this, maybe that. And I'm sitting there, and, and Andrew then just carries the ball, and he, he goes with it. And he, he, is, he is such a phenomenal friend, such an amazing friend. And we close the service, and nothing happens. And I'm like, oops. <laughs> okay, Lord, what does that mean? Please don't make me come out here by myself again. You know, what, what does that mean? And going back, he just told, told me, he said, I've started it. He said, this is different. I'm doing something new. It's different than what you recognize. Because, see, what we recognize is not what works on a global scale. You can drum up emotion. You can have a real experience with Jesus Christ. But then the tailings of that experience that people then latch on to is oftentimes the emotion of it. You know, when that happened in Toronto, people would fly from all over the world to go there to experience what was going on. To experience the falling of the Holy Spirit. And by the way, the Holy Spirit fell. And there was so much power that came out of that place, so much ministry that went globally from that place. See, but what God wants us to recognize is you don't have to go there to get it. The relationship that he offers is right here, right now, right in front of you. So see, this revival will be different. Now, I'm not saying there won't be emotion involved. I mean, I, during, during uh, when Alex came up and spoke and told I was wrecked this morning. That was, I can, it's like I can handle anybody else's. But when she speaks in tongues, because I know her and I know her heart, it just wrecks me. It, it's, it's so direct from God for me. And, and so, what he wants to build in his bride is a new thing. Not an experience at church. That will be an after effect. He wants that relationship to be so pure, so honored, so held in high regard that he can then work through it. That's what he's doing in this church. That's what he's doing in you. That's what he did this week while I was gone. So I go that night, Sunday night, and I'm discouraged. I'm thinking, I, I, I missed somehow what you wanted, Lord. And he was silent to me. And that, that's honestly the hardest part. When he is silent and I don't feel good about the situation. You know, everybody's been there, right? So that's when I get back to my hotel Sunday afternoon, that's how I was feeling. I had this discouragement, feeling like I somehow missed it. And I can't remember. I think I may have let Alex know. I can't remember. But then I was able to watch your service here, which, by the way, that is so cool. Being 5,000 miles away and I got to watch live Amen. that you guys were here. It, it was, that, that just kind of brought me out of that, that funk, right? But then when nighttime came, I was just praying, you know, Lord, just do your will. Do your will. See, he told me I'd be most vulnerable at night. And I didn't know at the time what that meant. I, I actually know what it means now, but... But I, I knew that the nighttime would be the most vulnerable. So <laughs> I took a picture of it. Okay, the, these doors on this hotel, this is a security hotel, right? Okay. Uh, they have armed guards. In this, that's why they had me stay there. And, and, and so the locks, it's kind of like you ever, I can't even remember what movie it was. It might have been Get Smarter or something like that, where, where they have these locks. And they have all these locks on the door, and that's what it had. So I, I'm locking everyone, and, and they're all locked, and, and, and I'm thinking, yeah, that's not good enough. And I grab this chair. <laughs> I grab this chair, and I jam it up underneath the handle, because I thought at the very least, 
at the very least, that'll give me enough time to get to the door. Right? Because there was one other key. I had one key, and the hotel manager had the only other key. And he wasn't on site. He only uses it when they go to, to clean the rooms or if we lose it. <laughs> right? So he wasn't even on site. So I'm thinking, okay, I've, I've done all I can. I know they're praying for me back there. But Lord, I just, I just need you to get Thursday here quickly. Because <laughs> that's when I was leaving. Right? This, this was not an enjoyable trip for me, which all the others have been. So that night I go to sleep. Maybe you went to sleep about 11. 12.43. I remember seeing the time because I couldn't unlock my phone. All of the sudden, I get woken out of this sleep from the door opening. Opening up. And, and there was no voice. There was no knocking. Hello, you there? It just, I hear this, and this, this handle going, you know, like this and trying to get in. And praise the Lord for light sleeping because it wasn't a second and a half that I was at that door. And it was me getting to the door that held it closed. I just pushed on the door like this and I just started yelling. And I just said, you know, first of all, who is it? Who is it? There was no answer. But it didn't stop. Okay, understand that when I started yelling, I started yelling before I ever got there. Who is it? Who is it? And then when I got there and I'm holding the door closed, then there was no answer. But it didn't stop. He kept trying to get in, or whatever kept trying to get in. So at this point, I'm just, I'm just angry, screaming, get out. I had no clue who it was. I had no clue whether it was spirit or human. No clue. I just knew that I didn't want it in my room. <laughs> That's what I knew. And so, so once it stopped, once I started yelling enough, it stopped. And I grabbed my phone. That's how I knew it was 1243, because I grabbed my phone, and I'm, I'm shaking so bad I can't unlock it. You know how you have to hit it, and then, then you have to put in a code? Yeah, they don't take into consideration people that shake. Okay, because you're like this. I, the, the, the new iPhone 8 has face recognition, and I'm going to get that because that will be easier. Then it will be like this. I won't, I won't know what to do then. But so that's when I called Alexis, or did I call? or I, I can't remember what I did. And I said, get them to fight. Get them to fight right now. And she did. I think it was right before a prayer call. She got him to do the prayer call, or maybe Wendy uh, uh, suggested to do it earlier, or maybe Corey did. I can't remember, but, but they got on the prayer call early, and, and they fought. And, and I just sat there in my room, and I'm thinking, what else can I pile up against this door? <laughs> right? I didn't sleep that night. We got to the next night, and I didn't sleep that night. And got to the third night. Oh, and by the way, I called Andrew over because I thought it was funny. Forgive me, Andrew, because I know he'll watch this. Um, he tells me that night, because I told him what was going on, because the Lord told me to tell him if something happens, he is to step aside and not try and fight it. Because I knew my safety was guaranteed, his was not. And, and so he already knew what was going on, and I told him, you know, nighttime is my most vulnerable and blah, 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 and all this. And he, he just said, oh, nothing's going to happen to you tonight. I said, okay, well, you know, you're wrong, but okay. <laughs> now, see, ultimately he had the greater faith because he was looking at the big picture. He was looking at the fact that nothing would happen to me. He didn't say I wouldn't have to fight. <laughs> How often do we take promises and apply them in the way we want? See, the Lord promises you something, and so you assume the road to get there is easy and exactly what you think it should be. No, see, Andrew said, nothing's going to happen to you. And see, from, from God's perspective, he was correct. But it didn't mean that 
I didn't have to fight. It didn't mean that you guys didn't have to fight. So it was really the breaking point began that night. Then by Tuesday night, when you had your service here, that was when it finally broke. I knew at that point, and this was up even, I want to say maybe at the beginning of your service or something, because uh, I was on the prayer call, or listening in, or whatever. Which, by the way, that's so cool. All right, I think I said that already. So, so it was up to that point when the Lord had told me that the, te- the test was passed. Okay, it wasn't throughout the rest of the week. I knew that he would not affect me. I knew I would not be abducted at that point for the rest of the week. I knew it wasn't going to happen because of what had stood up and fought for me the previous two days. But then the Lord showed me, destroyers going after you guys. Because he was no longer in Nigeria. He had come there, and because he was defeated, because of your prayers, he was defeated. And so he went back to try and wreak havoc here, right? And I believe there were five people that he went after, right? And I remember at the time I'm listening to this, and, and, and I'm, just, I'm just, you know, from the call's perspective, by the way, we need a commentator. Because when you're on the call and you're listening to this, it's like, what's going on now? What's going on? I have no idea. And then all of a sudden I hear my wife scream. Okay, now I knew that was her voice. Because I know her voice. She screamed at me before. So I, I know that voice. Right? I know that voice. But when she screamed, immediately... This became a dire situation to me because I'm 5,000 miles away and my family here is being attacked. So my phone was muted, which was probably good, and I just started yelling at the destroyer. Now this was 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning. And praise the Lord that they have concrete walls. <laughs> because I think I would have kept people awake. Right? But I started warring and, and, and warring for you guys, even though I was away. Just like you did for me when you weren't in Nigeria. And look at every single situation. The destroyer failed. He failed. He failed. I want you to recognize this because he told me later in the week, the Lord said, taunt him. Tell him his failures. And so that's what I've been doing, and he's racking them up. And I I, I said, you've got to understand that if you do this again, you're going to fail. You know, do you want stupid to be part of your resume? Now, by the way, yeah. Now, by the way, this is really important. Do not taunt unless the Lord tells you to taunt. And, and I'm dead serious about that. The Lord specifically told me, as a matter of fact, oftentimes he had to remind me to do it. Because it was like I'm thinking, okay, you want me to taunt now? I mean, I just got him to go back to America. <laughs> I don't know that I want him back here again. You know, but yeah, but you you only do something like that when the Lord tells you to do it. Yeah. Pour water on the altar, yeah. Pour what? Water on the altar. On the altar, I'll pour just like a, a legend. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, yes. Exactly. Like Elijah taunted the, the priests of Baal. Yeah, absolutely. Pour water all over it. See if it catches fire. <laughs> The Lord came and consumed it. And that's what he did that night. Right? That's what he did that night. Now, I want to tell you, the destroyer's not gone. Okay? There's a very specific time that he will be. And there's a very specific place that he will be sent to. 
And I, I, I can't remember if I shared that on a Sunday morning or not. But knowing who he is, there's a specific place in the, the abyss that he must go because he has a destiny, let's just say, in the future. But he's not gone yet, okay? But he's weak. If you notice, he's not here. In the last six or seven weeks, this is the first time that he's not tried to come on a Sunday morning when I was there. Because, see, he was there in McCurdy with me. And the reason why is because he's on the run. He's on the run because he knows his destiny. He knows what the Lord is going to do by the power of Jesus Christ. And I want to share something with you because what the Lord showed me was he gave us a formula. He gave us a formula to defeat the enemies of darkness and, and on every scale. I want you to turn to Revelation chapter 10 or chapter 12. And no, I'm not just now getting into it, so don't worry, it's not going to be too much longer, but it will be a little bit longer. Revelation chapter 12, verse 10, actually, let's start at verse 7. Now war in heaven, war arose in heaven, Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon, who is Satan, and the dragon and his angels fought back. By the way, this is future tense. This has not happened yet or happening now. This is happening in the future. This is at the halfway point of the tribulation. This is three and a half years into the tribulation. But Satan was defeated and there was no longer any place for them in heaven. Which, by the way, we know that he goes before the throne, before the God's court, to accuse us day and night. Right? And the... And the great dragon was thrown down, that ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. And this is where the, it gets good. She's excited. She knows. She may not be able to speak yet, but she knows, right? Verse 10, this is where it gets good. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God recognize that voice is not Jesus Christ. Recognize that that voice is either another human being that John is experiencing in heaven or probably a herald or an angel. Okay, so I heard a loud voice in heaven I heard an angel proclaiming in heaven saying now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser, Satan, of our brothers, notice the our brothers. Who does Satan accuse? He accuses you and me. He accuses human beings. So the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down who accuses them day and night before our God. Verse 11 is what I want you to remember and take with you. Because this is the blueprint of how you do warfare. And they, who's the they? It's the same as the hour. The they is who are being accused. The they is you and me. The, the they is humankind. And they, humans, the bride, have conquered him. What does that word conquered mean? It means to subdue, to suppress, to hold down. That he can no longer move. To become subject to. And they have conquered him, why or how? By the blood of the Lamb, one, because they were filled with the Spirit of Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit. And they were washed in His blood. And because they were washed in His blood, they had the authority to go after 
anything that went after them. In this case, Satan himself. So they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. By the word of their testimony. This word, the, the, the word in Greek is logos. It is the very proclamation that comes out of your mouth. It's not rocket science. What's a word mean? It means a word. The thing to understand is it is a word spoken. It's not just a word thought in your mind. That's why there is power in the spoken word. We're not going to turn there, but look at James chapter 3. James chapter 3 said that the, the tongue, who could control it? Because it can do these amazing great things, but it can also bring death. Why? It's because there's power in words. There's power in words. So when you take a testimony of somebody who is covered by the blood of Jesus Christ and you add their spoken word to that testimony, then it's what we talk about going before the throne of God, going in His courts. See, you can't go in His courts and not speak. Because it won't be put into to evidence. So they overcame Him by the power of His blood and the spoken word of their testimony. Does that mean like generically Ignition Church's testimony? No. That means each individual has the same power, the same authority. If they are a child of God, they have the same authority to go by the word of their testimony and defend, or if God calls it, go on the offense against Darkness. There's one last little piece of this, though, and it's the tough one. See, we can all have a testimony. We can all, because in here, we, I, I believe we all are children of God. We have accepted Him into our heart as Savior, right? You can have a testimony of that. You can have a testimony for what He does in your life. But let's look at the last part here. Because it's a condition of that word. For they loved not their lives, even unto death. See, that's a sobering thought. See, because death doesn't knock at our door every day, right? We don't think about it. That was a sobering thought for me. For the six weeks prior to leaving. Especially the four weeks. Thank you for that. <laughs> Especially the four weeks before he told me that it could be fought off by you guys. See, was I willing to give even my life for his will? It's easy to say yes when it's not facing you. But it's a lot harder to say yes when the possibility is there. I guarantee you that. So that's why I said that first test was mine. Because it's the word of our testimony. We're covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. The word of our testimony. But that word gains power when we do not hold on to our own lives. It's when you are willing to say, I give you everything, even my life. I am living for when I'm with you. When you can do that, the word of your testimony gains an authority that is beyond your imagination. You wonder why the destroyer is not here this morning? It's because he's scared. It's because I told him, the Lord told me to tell him, that when I was about to catch that plane, that I am coming back and we are going after him. He is on God's Radar. Yes. He is who God wants to bring to an end. 
See, it's the word of the testimony because we do not care for our own lives, but we place our lives in Jesus' hands. Boy, you want to talk about an elite SEAL team? An elite fighting unit? You talk to any SEAL, and they will be willing to give their life for their brothers. Every one of them. Because if they weren't, they would never be a SEAL. Because, see, every time they step out onto a mission, they know that that could be their last. So, see, it's very real for them. It should not be any less real for us. That we recognize when we step out onto the battlefield for for somebody else who needs our help, that we step in the line of the bullet. Why did it happen here Tuesday night? What happened? Because you stood in the way of the attack on me. That's why it happened. See, the power in the word of your testimony that will literally send him where he needs to be has to be tried by that fire. You have to ask yourself, Are you willing, no matter what? Are you willing unto death? Yeah, Corey is. Are you? What does that mean? Because I'll tell you what, God doesn't even bring you to that place until you fought the other things that keep you from getting there, and that is distractions, sin, Complacency. See, your life, when you accepted Jesus Christ into your heart, it no longer became yours. Your life is His. And if you're still fighting the fact that, well, I, I got to do this, so I can't do this. I, I, I got to be here, so I, I can't be on the prayer call tonight. I can't read my Bible tonight because I, I, I've got to get some sleep because I have a test tomorrow. I can't worship because I've got to work overtime because this bill is due. See, if you can't get past those fights, don't ever expect to get to a place in your life where you're fighting for the bride. If you can't fight for yourself... And get beyond that for yourself. See, that's what he's doing right here. He's trying to build a group of people that have been through that fight. That then can be exposed to a greater fight to fight for others. To help pull them along. Right? See, it's a beautiful thing to me. When this church, when our group fights for somebody, you know, we fight for Deborah. Not to embarrass you or anything else. Sorry, it's online. Millions of people online. <laughs> See, we, we fight for Deborah. Why do we fight for Deborah? Because we love her. We love you. And, and you know what? The amazing part is that this is building you into a warrior that we can't even imagine. Because see, to that person who is saved from much, their love abounds even more. That's what the Bible says. You know, I told her this, and I told Leah this as well. The Lord told us that that they were vulnerable, and we have to fight for them. But you know what else the Lord said? He said that they will become amongst the strongest. See, that's something worth investing in. That's something worth investing in, investing in each other. And he gives us the blueprint to do just that. It's the word of our testimony. We're bathed in in the blood of Jesus Christ, but it's the word of our testimony when we have given our lives 
Our lives become less important and God's will becomes more important. That's when that word of our testimony really takes hold and really has effect. So I want to encourage you today. And I know I didn't talk a lot about Nigeria. By the way, he gave me just the most amazing, amazing, amazing vision of the land there. We, I believe we found the land. Okay, Now, because I'm a white guy, they raised the price, but we'll work on that. Okay, I, I made the mistake of going to see it and letting him see that I was there. But that's okay. That's okay. He didn't raise it that much. And we'll work on that. But yeah, yeah, there you go. But this land is amazing. It's amazing. And God gave me vision. And what I was saying earlier about the worship, he gave me this vision. Uh, first of all, one of the buildings that is effectively a big sanctuary, it, it'll hold, it'll hold um, well, they, they don't have the fire codes that we do. So what you might be able to fit, you know, three, four hundred people here. They'll they'll fit about a thousand to twelve hundred people there. So so this will this will hold about a thousand people. And the Lord told me, but but the walls of this of this sanctuary, you cannot have walls that that are closed. Okay, it's a two story building. The the second story is all teaching rooms and offices. But that first story, the Lord gave me this vision of archways, and it's all open. The whole thing's open. Except for the front of it where you have the stage and you have all that stuff. But, but it, it's all open and the courtyard around it is so you can literally triple your attendance there by they're just kind of out there seeing in. And, and their, their view is not terribly obstructed because of these pillars. They can see everything. And so I, I'm having this vision of stuff and, and, um, um, and one of the visions, it was, it's funny how most of my visions there are with youth, with young people. And, and this vision was just that. It was, it was just a worship night. And this wasn't a special night. This was what goes on like normal there. Except our team was out there, our worship team. And we had so many of our people were there. So I guess it was special for us because we're not there all the time. But they were worshiping. And... It was so loud, it was so loud that you could hear it all the way on the main road, which was probably, I don't know, at least 500 yards away, at least, exactly. <laughs> it was so awesome, and it, and, and it was from that vision that I asked Andrew, I said, I said now Andrew, if, if we have... If we have like an event or something, I said, do we need to get like a permit? You know, here in the United States, you got to get a permit. You got to invite this, invite that. You got to fight this, fight that. He said, "His permit for what?" I said, "Well, for making noise, because this is a residential neighborhood." <laughs> okay, and he said, "No." He said, "You can be as loud as you want." He said, if you want to do this in the middle of the road, you go out in the middle of the road, you set up your speakers and do it in the middle of the road. <laughs> I said, wow, this is going to be a cool country to work in. Because God just has you do things that in America, they'll stop you cold, right? So, so I will tell more about the visions that I had there because, because God, God just has this amazing work. And, and it's, it's a fruit of you guys. It's a fruit of what he's doing right here. But, but I just want to finish with this last thought. Remember the power of your testimony stems from the willingness for you to focus. Okay? The willingness for you to focus on what God wants and the task at hand. Not what you think it is. Oftentimes you see what God wants further down the line and you decide the pathway. Well, my, my pathway is I've got to go to school and I've got to do this and I've got to have this job so I can pay for this and I've got to do this and this and that, blah, 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 blah. God says, no, 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 no. He said, I'm going to show you the goal. You trust me for the rest of it. Trust me. See, his disciples were these uneducated 
men that, that really had no place being the beginning of a church. The beginning of the church. And yet God filled their mouths and he taught them. I, I, you, you read later on, and we'll, we will eventually get back into Acts, I'm pretty sure. You look at Peter throughout the book of Acts and, and, and his eloquence of speaking and his knowledge of the scriptures. You know, that came by God. That didn't come from him going off to Bible college. I mean, I suppose in a way he was in Bible college since the Bible was being written through his life, (laughs) right? Trust, trust in God to do in you what he promised. Don't do it yourself. Don't take it on yourself. Because oftentimes the very things that will prepare you, we set aside because we don't recognize them. But God does. He does. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we worship you and praise you. I'm so thankful for this church. I'm so thankful for these precious people. I'm so thankful for all those in Nigeria that also prayed so hard. And God, what I'm mostly thankful for is just the fact that you've called us to be in love with you and in love with each other. I thank you, God, for even what you said to us earlier today. That meant more to me than anything else. And so, God, I pray that you burn firmly into our hearts this morning what it means to be sold out for you, what it means to go to war for somebody who needs that protection. It's by the word of our testimony, the spoken word of our testimony, because we care not for our lives even unto death, but yet we're willing to do whatever you want. Burn in our hearts this morning that love for you and for each other. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I, um, it's funny, I had a little, I don't even know if I should share this, but just a glimpse. Sometimes when, I, sometimes when I'm seeing the Holy Spirit speaking through Greg, um, it, it's very cool because I get to just really see God doing it. But in light of the warfare and everything that he's been through, um, the, one of the movies that, uh, that kind of earlier, I don't know about the new one, I don't know how dark it's become, but the, I think the first two, the original ones, sometimes depict the what your imagination could could imagine about realms and fights within realms and um it's just so funny because as i was seeing him and seeing the spirit speak to him i, I thought there's thor right there oh my God. that was my that was my little uh my little crush when, uh, when the movie thor came out um and so this morning i got to hear thor wait a second Thor didn't believe in God. No, but he that just, hurts. it's just the battle uh, aspect. Don't make too many correlations. Okay. Uh, <laughs> crazy. Um, but anyway, um, this vigilance in this fight, it's really, really important that we, we take this authority that we have and use it to pierce the darkness. Now, as you know, Tuesday night is our prayer service. It's very important. But one of the things we want for Ignition is to take, uh, to open your eyes as to what does Halloween even mean. Um, I I really think that er, the earlier slide of Wake Up Church, there is a need in churches today, in the bride, to wake up when it comes to the celebration of this holiday. And so what we want to do is Tuesday night, we really want to not only worship and and just... um, just invite the Holy Spirit to totally take over. Do you know that that is, because remember, Satan is a counterfeit. He is, he, he is a complete, tries to replicate everything God does. What Halloween is about is his followers summoning their spirits and their powers to do their evil work. So it's so important that we, but there's no match to the powers 
But there can be a match in um, the, the use of the people of God waking up. Because if we decide to be complacent and, you know, when God chooses to work through us, I mean, look at the state of things that have come even in this nation for this many years because of the complacency that's fallen on the bride. So it's really important. Uh, I want you to just uh, be praying all the way up to Halloween and then that night come. And uh, the, we're not going to celebrate any aspect of Halloween. We will have snacks here available, um, but we don't want to enc encourage any kind of dress up. Um, uh, we just really want you to come like you normally would, just with your, your heart ready for prayer, and uh, we're going to have a great time. Uh, but I also want to tell you, thank you for those that gave last Sunday towards the first, uh, the first half of the deposit for the ladies' retreat. Now um, the rest is due the 31st, so that's another 250 that we need to raise. And um, we 